Ooh, all right, yeah, we're good to go. Get it, bro. Sorry for the late run, by the way. It's all good. Luckily Hello, weekend, and right? <laughs> you said what? I said, luckily it's the weekend. I mean, I think that's some R. Kelly, R. Kelly lyrics in the, some sort of verbiage, but it is what it is. Don't say R. Kelly. Bounce, 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 <laughs> bounce, bounce. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the Second and Two Podcast. I'm your host, TB. I got my co-host, producer extraordinaire, hat connoisseur, master of the grills. You all know and love him. It's Jody. What's up, Joe? Not much, man. You know, we we're well, as we were briefly talking about, we're we're rolling really late. We we missed our Tuesday normal normal output date. We we're recording on a Friday right now. Actually, it's late for my guy. It's was that eleven o'clock for you at the moment? Yeah. Yeah. So so today I'm I'm gonna just be honest. I'm gonna just give it to y'all raw. No no pause on that one. I'm a, I'm gonna throw this out as soon as we're done here and let y'all hear it before before we get into these games because I don't want I don't want to put it out tomorrow after the games the first two games roll out. You know what I mean? So y'all hear yeah. us live basically in a sense. Uh, and this is a, <clears throat> I think it's going to be a good episode. I'm excited for it. So, uh, appreciate you, bro. You know, you always, you always get quickie on the, uh, on the audio going out. It's been, uh, it's been a process that you've gotten pretty good at. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I just got to lock in, do it right after no complaints. Like before I would do like half the episode, let it sit a day, do the rest of it. And now it's like, you know, if I just knock it all out, I get the rest of my time free. I don't have to, like, have it on the back of my mind. So there's there's yeah. some some things you got to work around. Let it make it happen. For sure. Um, so we're going to get into the playoffs, obviously. We're going to dive into that. But we do want to talk a little bit of coaching news. Um, since we last recorded, the New England Patriots both fired – or and hired, however you want to term it, you know, say Bill Belichick, Belichick left the team in some sort of sense, and they hired Gerard Mayo. Um, the Las Vegas Raiders today hired Antonio Pierce to be their head coach. Nice. So we've got some we've got some movement. The um, Dallas Cowboys will not be firing Mike McCarthy, and it does not look like the Philadelphia Eagles will be firing Nick Sirianni. And barring something incredible happening after the divisional round, it looks like we're going to end up with eight coach opening, new coach openings, um, eight new hires going into 2024. Um, So I was thinking about this, right? Yeah. And I was like, you know, you look at the divisional round and who's everyone's like favorite Cinderella right now? It's the Houston Texans. Yeah, true. And what did the Houston Texans have this year that everyone kind of loved? Rookie coach. Rookie QB, right? New coach, new QB combo. It's everyone's favorite thing. If if things are not going right, change the coach, change the QB, right? That's always everyone's (laughs) answer. That's the piece that's missing right there. That's the quick fix. Um, So I thought about this. I said, you know, which team – could be the new Texans 
2024. The new coach, new QB combo to lead their team to the promised land. So Jody, in this thought exercise, I'm going to throw some new coach QB combos out at you, and you tell me which one you in this hypothetical world would think would be the best. Are you ready? Yeah. I'm I'm very okay. intrigued looking at the docket and you know it's kind of wild to look at these names next to some of these teams but I'll let you get mm-hmm. into that. So for starters, I did this based on where I think these coaches will end up first. Yeah. And then where I could see said team finding a quarterback. All right. Mm-hmm. So number 1, Patriots. Right? It was Brady and Belichick for years. True. Since then, it's been Brady and Cam Newton, or uh, Belichick and Cam Newton. Belichick and Mac Jones. Belichick and Bailey Zappi. Well, guess what? It's going to be someone entirely different next year, and we know one half of that equation is Gerard Mayo. What about the other half? I give you Jaden Daniels, the number three pick in the draft. What say you, Jody? You like that? You like a little Gerard Mayo, Jaden Daniels? Uh. I'm going to be honest, I don't know much about Jaden Daniels other than he's the LSU guy. But, uh, you know, I I doesn't sound too bad. I, I am interested I that they, would, they wouldn't. Yeah, true. I, I am interested that they wouldn't pick a skill position here and not try to figure something out with their current quarterback still. Hmm. But, uh, you know, as long as it's not a receiver, I've been saying that to them, so it's okay. Um. All right. So I'll give you a second one here. Mm-hmm. We're going to go to the Falcons. There's a name, a man yeah. that they lost to in the Super Bowl who's been floating around. <laughs> yeah, apparently the, and, that uh, private jet flew up there, huh? You know. And uh, on the same side of that, a lot of people have thought that the Falcons were just a veteran quarterback away, a guy who – could just get the ball to all those players that they have on offense now, right? Yeah, they do have a lot of weapons. What about a team-up of Bill Belichick and Kirk Cousins in Atlanta? Jody, should Falcons fans be excited about that? But I don't know if Kirk Kirk O'Thuggins will be ready by the the start of the season. But it does sound great. I mean, unless he's hanging out with our guy Aaron Rodgers, you know, maybe he speeds up that process by like three months. So I don't know. Um, I think it's interesting because I do know that Kirk Cousins' wife uh, has family in that area. Okay. In in Georgia. Um, That's nice. <clears throat> Belichick uh, Cousins was asked about playing for Belichick recently, and he said. That would be an opportunity that would be very hard for him to pass up. Oh, I'm just saying, there's a lot, you know. Connect some dots. Maybe, yeah. maybe we kind of like that. Now, um, that I also just think Kirk Cousins. I, don't know. I also think that Kirk Cousins is like the exact kind of quarterback the Falcons need, just to be like competitive and like win their division. Yeah, if no, you give them fine. Bill Belichick and Kirk Cousins to the team they had this they had this year, I feel like that's that team wins win. their division. Yeah, yeah, I think they're they're automatically the favorite in their division at that point. So maybe a fun one. All right, let's go with the Commanders here. All right, they just hired their new GM Adam Peters, um, who comes from San Francisco. All right. Okay. 
So I thought San Francisco guy there for a while. Why not hire off the Shanahan San Francisco tree, Bobby Slowick, your new commander's head coach. All right. And then pair him with the number two overall pick, Drake May. Slowick mm. just worked wonders with Stroud, who was the number two overall pick, right? That's in that true. offense. Yeah. Why not pair those guys together with uh, you know, some of those skill position players that they already have, Terry McLaurin, for instance, and see what you got there in Washington. Jody, what do you like about that one? Well, I I, I kind of answered my own question here in my head before I even spoke it, just because I was like, hmm, Drake May, why wouldn't we go Caleb Williams? But based off your next one, it kind of tells me what happens with that first pick. So mm-hmm. I'm going to just mm-hmm. let it slide. Bobby Slowick, though, he is killing it with C.J. Stroud. They're, they lit up the, the Browns last week, which is kind of a, a wrinkle as to why I'm, like, torn on that game this week. But, yeah, sounds nice. Sounds nice. Okay. Let's go over to Seattle, West Coast here. Um, Seattle, they just uh, allowed Pete Carroll to transition to the front office. They're looking for that same energy and vibrance that he brought a guy, I think in a similar mold to him that will work well with John Snyder, their GM, but carry Mm -hmm. the same weight that Pete Carroll carried in that organization for years. What about Mike Vrabel? All right. Keeping a similar defensive vibe at the head coach position. And uh, instead of just completely resetting by drafting a quarterback, because apparently one of the kind of rifts between Pete Carroll and the organization is the organization wants to go younger at quarterback away sense. from um, Geno, Smith. Geno Smith. Pete Carroll was a huge believer in Geno Smith and just it was not about that. It's kind of part of the reason there was a rift, kind of part of the reason why it sounds like Pete Carroll's no longer the head coach other than his age. Um, so instead of drafting one, how about you just get a little younger Maybe you trade a draft pick, uh, a you know, second, third round pick, and you go get Justin Fields to pair with mm-hmm. Mike Vrabel. What do you think about this one, Jody? I will say that Justin Fields going there would be crazy, but you don't got faith in my guy Drew Locke? <laughs> Come on, bro. He's like a modern day Brett Favre in like a sense. <laughs> Like I just said, Drew Locke was modern Brett Favre. You know, you could sling the rock around, throw a couple touchdowns, got to throw a pick, you know. Do you win with him as much as you do with Brett? Probably not, but <laughs> you never know. Maybe he coaches him up. I, I cannot believe you right now. You're sabotaging my, my Mike Vrabel, Justin Fields. Combo for for a Drew Lock conversation right now. Hey, you I'm know, going I for the city. Oh, oh, exactly, bro. <laughs> Come on, my dude's got some. Little, he's got a dog in there somewhere. He just got to unleash oh. it. You know what I mean? But ah. in, in in terms of the, of the of the conversation we're having, Mike Vrabel and Justin Fields. You know, he did. He was he was the coach for Mariota. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, so it'll, it'll it'll work out. It's just, you know. Oh, wait. JSN? Justin Fields? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Now Little Ohio State nice. connection. Now we're ah, you sound nice. Now, huh? 
Yep. Yep. Yeah, See? I don't know. The, just Vrabel in, in Seattle, though, throws me off, man. I'm going to be honest. I know it's a hypothetical, but just looking I, at I that like is crazy. I like Vrabel to Seattle. I like Vrabel to Seattle, I'm telling you. Okay. Um, Last one here that I'll give to you. The Raiders and their newly minted head coach, Antonio Pierce. Mm-hmm. And draftee Bo Nix out of Oregon. What do you think about that one? I think just in terms of between the three, you know, rookie quarterbacks that we're looking at in this one, I'd say I feel good about this one. Just, Hmm. you know, comes in, got a little chip on his shoulder, you know, never really got to to show his true skill at at the highest of levels when it came down to it. You know, might come in, Antonio Pierce gets him right in the right mindset, you know. But and it's also out of the other th- other two, I've watched the most football from this guy, considering Pac-12. You know, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. but it, that could be fun too. You, hopefully, hopefully they could get the run game going with him. Let him just throw bombs to Devontae. Vegas starts emerging in the in the AFC West. Maybe maybe they could take it away from from our guy Patty, unless they get some receivers. I don't know. All right. I'll- all right, Raiders fans, don't get their hopes up, all right? Don't get their <laughs> hopes up yet. Um, but, no, that game is a little fun, the QB coach um, carousel there, because you know it's going to be crazy in the offseason. Yeah, Just had some thoughts, sure. you know, while we haven't filled a lot of the head coaching vacancies yet and we haven't actually seen what's going to happen in free agency in the draft, uh, thought about some teams that could have both a new head coach, new quarterback for 2024 and what that might look like. So um, we're going to quickly review every game from the wild card round and then break down the divisional round game by game to get mm-hmm. you ready for this weekend. Um, so rewind the clock back to last week. We're going to go Browns at Texans. Uh, the Texans win the game 45-14. to 14. Crazy. In terms of our picks for that day, Jody, hundred percent on that game. <laughs> yeah, I'm, right. I, I'm. I'm nervous for this week. After last week, I I did pretty well last week. I'm nervous it's just gonna all crumble this week, but we'll see. We were a consensus over forty four and a half hit. Mm-hmm. You had my our guy Ford under forty three and a half rushing yards that hit. Singletary over fifty nine and a half rushing yards that hit. And then we both like the Texans against the spread that hit. Now, in terms of our straight-up picks, I picked the Texans, mm-hmm. you picked the Browns. Yeah. Jody, you took an L on that one. Didn't take many L's, but you did take that one. Yeah. Um, if we review our keys to that game, it was about the Texans getting pressure on Flacco, and they did. Four sacks, seven yeah. quarterback hits, the two pick sixes. At the end of the day, Houston's defense dictated the game to Cleveland with the different pressures Definitely. they sent. Their secondary was much more disciplined, staying deep this time around against play action. Um, Stroud was incredible, youngest starting QB to win a playoff game. And mm-hmm. uh, Bobby Slowick called a great game to take advantage of the Browns' speed on defense. Um, it was a dominating win. Yeah. yeah I, I was watching that one at the bar. Saw the score. It was the first pick six. Like, all right, let's see what happens here. Throws the second one right after on the next drive. It's like, all right, I'm walking away. This is over. This is tough to yeah. watch, but I mean, um, we did pretty well on those picks, though. We did. We did. So we moved it on to game two here. 
had another snooze fest, unfortunately. Chiefs 26, mm-hmm. Dolphins 7. Um, our picks here, we had under 43.5, hit again. Uh, Tua under 256.5 yards passing. It's like stealing candy from a baby. That one hit. <laughs> Harrison Bucker over 1.5 field goals. He went way over that. That also hit. We did like the Dolphins to cover the spread. We yeah. finally, finally had a miss there. And then ultimately, we both picked the Chiefs. We were both yep. correct there. Um, I talked about the keys in this game. Said that the Dolphins had produced zero sack, or the Dolphins had to produce pressure without some of their best pass rushers. Yeah, they didn't get a sack. Impossible. Mahomes was only hit five times. Um, and he had two roughing the passer penalties that result both resulted in points. Uh-huh. Um, the Dolphins only ran the ball 18 times for 76 yards. Um, yeah, A-Chain yeah. and Moster only had 14 combined carries. That's We said the exact opposite of what they needed for their game plan. Um, they had zero shot to win if they didn't run the football consistently, and they didn't run the football consistently. And mm-hmm. hence you saw, no <laughs> shot to win. Um, the Chiefs defense, they looked really good, generated two sacks, a pick, held the Dolphins for one for 12 on third down. Um, their red zone offense is going to need to be better if they want to reach That's the crazy. AFC championship game, though, because they were only two for six scoring touchdowns in the red zone in that game. Yeah, that's brutal. That's definitely something they've been struggling, getting the ball in the end zone. I mean, Travis Kelsey has said it too, like, when they get down there, they just, I don't know, they can't they can't connect. They're not getting, you know, whatever reads they need or whatever to con- to convert down there. And ultimately that leads to our guy Harrison Bucker getting over those two field goals. So, yeah. Yeah, and I, I, another thing I wanted to briefly mention was you talked about Patty Mahomes getting hit. You see his helmet, bro? That was yeah. crazy. I didn't, even, so I didn't get to watch this game because the Peacock exclusive. But when I seen hmm. that picture, I was like, dang. That that looks wild. Just broken <laughs> helmet right here in the front. Like, yeah, never seen. It, it, like it. I think it was definitely because of how cold it was outside oh, for that game. It's got to be. Um. So we moved it on to Sunday. Uh, Packers at Cowboys. The Packers win this game, forty-eight to thirty-two. We had to hear about the Cowboys all week because of this. Um, our picks mm-hmm. in this game, we had over fifty-one. That hit by a mile. Yeah. Jaden Reed over a half touchdown. Miss. He didn't even Every touch the ball. Score for the Packers, except for Jaden Reed, it felt like. Yeah, literally. Um, quite literally. Jake Ferguson, we had over 45 and a half yards uh, receiving yards. That hit. And then we liked the Packers against the spread. That also yeah. hit. Now, in terms of the game itself, <laughs> I picked the Packers, you picked the Cowboys. Yeah. Very true. I told you not to trust the Cowboys in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I ultimately thought that it was going to be like last year where they win the divisional, get to the next one, and, you know, they, they smoked that one. But was not yeah. the case. Packers came. I, I shouldn't. Apparently, the Packers, like, own them in their own home. It's crazy. Yeah. I found that they out do. this past week. So, it's like. And if you're know, thinking about this week, just like the Packers own the Cowboys in Dallas, the Niners the with the own Niners? the Packers. Oh, that's fine. In 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 San Francisco, so they've they've put him out. Uh, the Packers, the last few times they've lost in the playoffs, other than the one year they lost to Brady, um, I think they've lost to the to Niners like three or four out of their past five 
Dang. playoff losses have been to the Niners. So, um, going back to that game though, Dallas went 10 of 16 on third down. The Packers went six of 10. So both offenses were really efficient. We talked about third down being a key in that game, but the Cowboys produced a majority of their conversions in the second half when they were down big. Um, the Packers created two, uh, INTs, including a pick six. Mm -hmm. And, uh, ultimately like if Jordan Love plays that efficient, the Packers can go on a run. Um, their defense was really good in the first half, helping build a lead. The Niners are going to represent a much stiffer test in the divisional rounds. I said the Niners yeah. kind of own them in the playoffs, so it's gonna they're going to have to change some things in order to yeah. reverse that trend. Well, I was going to say, too, Aaron Jones balled against that defense, too. My guy got three touchdowns on his own. Like I don't know. I think the Niners definitely got a more more tougher – interior core group of dudes and that's in that front seven so i don't know about that one but did you also see the the graphic of jordan love and and cj stroud being the mm -hmm. spider-man meme basically yeah off by like a couple yards or Almost whatever the exact same stat line. Yeah. yeah um so moving on to that night game sunday night rams at lions unbelievable that's game fun. Best playoff game on the weekend. It was the only saving grace of the entire weekend, quite yeah, frankly. Literally. Um, the Lions prevailed 24 to 23. Our picks in that game, we had over 51 and a half, which looked like it was for sure going over after the first quarter, even after yeah. the first half. They were more than halfway there at halftime. The second half was six to three, so we didn't miss <laughs> on that. Um Kyron Williams, under 16 and a half receiving yards. He caught one ball early for nine yards. Yeah. And then didn't do I anything was in else. Hot so water we, quick with this game. So <laughs> we we hit on that. However, Jameer Gubbs, under 22 and a half receiving yards. That one. We missed on that one. Um, he was way over that. Yeah. The Rams plus three, we did hit because they only lost by one. Um yeah. And then in terms of our picks, we both like the Rams straight up. Mm -hmm. We're both wrong here, um, obviously. And uh, so we'll talk about some of the reasons why. I mean, number one, I said red zone efficiency was going to be the key to this game. Yeah, true. The numbers just said that that favored the Rams. It flipped entirely in the game. Um, the Lions were three for three, including a yep. fourth and goal conversion, while the Rams were 0 for three and kicked three field goals. Yeah. Um, that was, that was the difference and a one point game, easily the difference in the game there. Um, Definitely. I, you know, like I said, I went with the Rams in this game because their red zone defense was so much better than the lions, but that obviously, like I said, it flipped on its head in this game. Um, I will say the referees in this game were awful. Um, <laughs> yeah, there was a lot missed. at the end of the first half. They missed an offside by the Rams. That would have turned a fourth and five to a first down for the Lions. Instead, they called it a false start mm -hmm. um, yeah, and forced the Lions to punt. And then in the second half, they missed a PI on the Rams' first possession that would have allowed the Rams to possibly get seven instead of three. The Puka one? You're talking about that? Um, that was at the end of the game. They missed the one on um, Robinson um, on mm, the third and third and long, and Stafford chucked it deep to him on the first possession that could have extended the drive yeah then they missed the roughing the passer penalty on stafford yep where it was third down they have to kick a field goal after that and if you call smacked. that 
possible the Rams score a touchdown there instead of kicking a field goal. And then obviously yeah. on the third and 17, Puka being held. Um, clearly that would have put the Rams at least in range for a game-winning field goal had they called that. At the end of the day, hats off to the Lions, though. They, I mean, their their defense won when it when it counted, like when it absolutely yeah, needed to in the red zone. And uh, so this was by far the best game of the weekend and uh, certainly had a thrilling finish. Yeah, no doubt. I will say I I text you instantly. We had we had Jameer Gibbs get like two catches and was already teetering on that line. And then we Kyron comes around and does the same exact thing on one catch. I was like, oh bro, we're not I already lost. <laughs> <laughs> now that was probably one of our tougher ones on the weekend. Um yeah, definitely. So then we get to the Steelers Bills game, which gets moved to Monday. Um and it is also not a great game. Steelers 17, Bills 31. Mm-hmm. Uh, our picks, we had over 38 and a half. That hit. Yep. We had Josh Allen over um, a rushing or receiving touchdown. That hit. That was like a 40-yard touchdown, too. Yeah. Uh, we had Jalen Warren over 19 and a half yards on his first five attempts. That hit. And then yeah. lastly, we had the Bills covering the spread here. That also hit because they won by 14. Um, the Bills rushed for 179 yards on 34 attempts. That's you crazy. Know, they, they ran the ball. That We talked about that being such a huge key. The Steelers, they're 1-11 without TJ Watt in the lineup now in his mm-hmm. career. That's that was also another key um, You know that was going to hold the Steelers back from having a, a legitimate shot to win this game. Um, my only other notes from this game – the Josh Allen fake slide should be illegal. Uh, Do you believe he was fake sliding? It looked like he was just oh, yeah. trying to cut, but he was oh, moving yeah. his leg. He was slowing nah. down. No, nah, that's that the way thing I was saw a fake it. slide. That thing was a fake slide for sure. Uh, I think it's just if you see it as a defender, if you see a quarterback in the middle of the field, kind of slowing up and putting shifting his weight back, uh-huh. you're expecting him to slide. And you're trying to pull up because that's what you're taught to do based on the rules. And then if you're telling guys to do that, when a guy starts to slide and to not hit the QB, then you can't allow the QB to fake slide like that. That's pretty lame. Um, Just not, it's really not fair to defensive players, honestly. I mean, because, because if you tell him, well, just keep running until you actually slide. Well, then you're going to hit him while he's sliding. Give another 15. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what you tell defenders about that. And, you know, so I just, I'm just saying that thing should be illegal. We want to protect the quarterback? Fine. Don't let him fake slide. Yeah. Or, I don't know, maybe um, change the rule on that one or something. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't like the fake slide there. But uh, the last game, Eagles at Bucks, the Buccaneers win this game handily 32 to yeah. nine another we, snooze fest we also talked our picks we had under 44 um that hit um jalen hurts under uh 237 and a half we missed on that one he actually threw the ball pretty well we had chase mclaughlin over one and a half field goals that hit and then we had the bucks um plus three that also hit by a mile. So, and then in this game, uh, 
I should have mentioned the last game we both picked the Bills. In this game, we were split originally. We were both on the Eagles. You switched because of the AJ Brown injury flipped yeah. over to the Bucks. <laughs> to be a critical switch for you. So yeah. you end up going three and three on the weekend. I end up going four and two, um, with both of us missing on the Rams, mm-hmm. and then uh, we split me the missing Cowboys. on the. Yeah, split None the Cowboys, the Texans, and the mm-hmm. uh, this Eagles Bucks game. Um, I talked about keys here that it would be like a crazy turnover, right? Yeah. Funny enough, there were no turnovers in this game. Um, did not prove to be the critical difference. However. The Buccaneers did create a safety, which definitely flipped the game because it was 16 to 9 before that safety and getting it flipped it to two possessions, 18 to 9, plus the Bucs mm-hmm. got the ball and then scored. So uh the Eagles never really recovered from that. Hurts and the Eagles completely struggled on offense for most of the night. And then the Eagles could not tackle on defense. <laughs> bro, Mitch sent us a text about that. He was like, bro, what are these guys doing right now? He's like, they're, they're just off to the team. It looked like they didn't want to play. I mean, it it was really bad. It was really bad. Um, then you have at the end of the game, Jason Kelsey announces his retirement. I mean, salute to a legend. Sad to see him go. But really, honestly, very interesting offseason for the Eagles coming up here. I don't know where they yeah. go from here and what changes they're going to make, but I'm sure there will be changes. Yeah. I mean, you probably blow up the squad, honestly. And by that I mean like the coaching, you know, get get a new coach in there, maybe <laughs> some new staff with them. Uh, I also I don't know if you know, but Jason Kells, uh, do you listen to to them? I should say first before. Not often. Okay, so he kind of walked it back on their last episode, saying he didn't really officially do it, but I'm assuming, in, you know, in like a month, he'll probably officially announce it on their podcast or whatever. It does feel that way, especially have you seen that the picture of him at McDonald's with mm-hmm. the jersey? Yeah, it definitely mm-hmm. feels like he he's going the retirement route. He's just yeah waiting to do an official statement. Yeah. Um just have some last news and notes from the weekend. Uh first thing I noticed the first the team that scored first won all six games this weekend. Yeah, so coming out of the gate. One, um, coming out of the gate, it actually was to your advantage to get the ball first and then go down and score. Isn't that what the Packers um, did? They they wanted Packers to did it. The Lions did it. Um, so yeah, it definitely was was to your advantage there. Houston was the only team that ever even trailed, and they trailed at seven to three and fourteen to ten. The yeah, rest of the crazy. teams that won led start to finish, never trailed. Mm. Um, the average margin of victory for the games was 17.3. Not a good So one. they sucked. Yeah. And we end up with an interesting group of QBs in the divisional round. I mean, in the NFC, you've got Baker Mayfield, Jared Goff, uh, Brock Purdy, and Jordan Love. If you had told us before yeah. the year that those were going to be the four QBs left, I think people would have been like, wow. Yeah. No, definitely. I mean, the Baker it, one it, would have thrown us off for sure. In some, in some ways, all four of those guys, I think people would view as flawed. And yeah. one of those guys, one of those four, is going to be in the Super Bowl two weeks from now. Also true. So, I mean, it's really, really interesting. Um, in the AFC, you know, it's it's Stroud, Lamar, Allen, and Mahomes, which 
Makes sense. Three out of the four before the year, you could easily have been like, yeah, of course, right? Yeah. We would have guessed Burrow as the fourth one had he been healthy instead of CJ Stroud. But like the way CJ is playing, he's putting himself into that group anyway. So, yeah. um, It is an interesting round in terms of quarterbacks. And uh, so I'm excited to preview it and and get everybody ready for these games um, this weekend. Yeah, I mean, one one more quick note before we talk about this Texans-Ravens. We got the one, two, three, four in the AFC, and then we got the seven instead of the two for the for the NFC, which is kind of crazy. A little yeah. more spread out in the NFC as opposed to the AFC. It's kind of all, we kind of assume where it could end up, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's start with the first game, Texans at Ravens. Um, so I'll give you a key stat here, Jody. You ready? There, yeah. Five. I haven't read these, so it'll be new to me. Uh, five point one is the opponent yards per pass the Ravens are allowing this season, which is best in the NFL. Okay. Um, they rank top ten in all defensive passing stats, and they arguably have the best pass defense in the NFL. C.J. Stroud has led a potent offense, uh, a potent Houston passing attack, but. He hasn't seen anything like Baltimore's defense at this level. And uh, he's going to have to be very efficient on the road in Baltimore against, like I said, the best the league has to offer. Mm-hmm. While also knowing the pressure of that Lamar Jackson is on the other side, right? So yeah. I think this is it's, it's a good good matchup. But I think one that um, if you look diving in the numbers favors Baltimore pretty sufficiently. Yeah, I will say that I believe that, you know, with the with this game, I could either see it being a blowout where the Ravens go crazy and, you know, the Texans, like, put up, you know, some some points late in the game, you know, garbage time points or something. And, or it could be really tight, close game, like, field goal wins it, you know what I mean? And okay. it's, like, more yeah. more so in the 20s as opposed to, like, 30-something to, like, 14. Um, what do you like on the over under here? Yeah, so I like the over. I think you know the the, the Texans almost did that alone last week. You know, granted, completely <laughs> different team, but you got the Ravens coming off the bye week. You know, some of these dudes haven't played in two weeks, as opposed to just being off the last week. You know, they missed that the last two, the last game, and then the the, the bye. So you know, it's gonna be a slow start for sure. That's what you expect with. With them and the Niners, you know, coming off the bye, but sometimes the the hell the getting healthy helps. So we'll see. But I just think C.J. Stroud's either gonna light it up, or like I said, it's one sided, and the Ravens could get closer to that number where we only need so much out of the Texans. Yeah, I like you. I'm with the over as well. Um, and <coughs> you know, I think we'll we'll look at both of these defenses right now. Uh-huh. Um, to explain how they might be able to shut down the offenses. But in general, it's still a pretty low number, the 43.5. So I'm with you. I really like the over yeah. here. Um, but let's look at these defenses and what makes them so good. Uh, I feel like there's been a little bit of an overshadowing of the Texans' defense simply because you know, C.J. Stroud has been so good, and rightfully so as a rookie. But 
D'Amico Ryans has done some really good stuff with the Texans' defense in developing them and making them better throughout the year. Um, so I'm going to break down. This is the second pick six against Flacco in wildcard weekend. And you'll see this is the play that, uh, if you've noticed, everyone has been talking about because you see the D'Amico Ryans mic'd up moment with his linebacker explaining yeah, how to play yeah. this play. Then it happens exactly as he says in the <laughs> mic'd up moment before the play and the guy gets a pick six. So, which is, I mean, it's awesome, right? Um, the Man, Texans right are going to be to the boundary side. They're going to play an inverted cover two where the rolled up safety is actually going to buzz to the flat and the corner is going to bail to the half. Then you've got that linebacker who's playing the spot hook. Then to the field, they're playing true cover two with a middle of the field safety or a guy who's showing in the middle of the field. He's going to bail out to the half. You're going to have a hard cover two corner. And then you're going to have the slot corner, Desmond King, is going to drop out to the spot hook. They're also showing a five-man front, like they're going to bring this pressure, but they're going to drop out a third spot hook player. And so what you end up looking like is true cover two, just inverted on the, the boundary side, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the Browns are in a fourth and medium or fourth and short. All they're trying to do is throw a spot route at the sticks, right? So they're going to try and clear out at the bottom of the screen with um, Amari Cooper running the out route, the true speed out, and they're just going to run the little sit route with their tight end, right? What Flacco sees, and you'll see it, is the safety buzz out to the flat. So it looks like it creates that window because in theory, the tight end is breaking away from the spot hook backer. But where yeah. Flacco throws this ball, it gives the backer a great shot to get a jump on it. And unfortunately for the Browns, fortunately for the Texans, get a pick six here. Yeah. Okay? So let's Good watch point. it. You'll see that backer, he doesn't move. He goes slow heartbeat, right? Flacco yeah. sees the safety bail with the out route right away. He says, okay, I've got my man then. Throws it. But, man, this backer, he didn't get any depth on that play. Normally they do, and that hole would be there. Instead, he sits on it. Watch this. From this angle, it's great. Flacco sees this safety bailing out of there, right? Okay, I've got my guy. Normally this guy would be getting depth and actually creating space between him and this, uh, this tight end. But instead, the backer doesn't get any depth because, as we heard pre-snap, D'Amico Ryan's kind of telling him how to play it. Stay right there. Sit in it. Sit in it. He's going to throw you the ball. And he does. Pick six. That's crazy. Game over. Texans win. That's really good stuff from the the Texans and D'Amico Ryan's. Now, on the flip side, there's a reason Mike McDaniel or Mike McDonald is – a hot head coaching name, right? The Ravens do some really good stuff. Now, this is against one of the most efficient offenses in the league, the 49ers, on Monday Night Football a few weeks back. You're going to see in the red zone, the Ravens are actually going to play what we call uh, um, quarter-quarter half, right? So to the field, they're playing quarters. They've got a uh, cover four corner, cover four safety, a backer who's going to run to the flat, another backer who's going to play the hook. 
to the boundary side, they're going to play cover two because they get a nub side, right? There's no receivers out here. You get a tight end with a wing. So that's what we always call the Detroit pair, right? It's the pair, tight end wing together. So you're going to get a spot hook backer. The corner is going to play hard cover two to the flat. The safety is going to play the vertical, right? They're essentially clouding it over here. Might have had cover four called, and it could be an auto cloud check if you get <laughs> the the pair like that. Who knows? But they're they're clouding it to that side. Okay. What you're going to see is Purdy's looking. He sees the crossing route, and that guy, you know, Depot Samuel beats a quarter safety across his face. What he doesn't see is the safety sitting on the other side, and you'll see that's how he ends up with the pick in the red zone. So Purdy's looking at it, right? Debo has got this safety beat, no doubt about it. He's clearing this linebacker. If Purdy throws it now on a line, on that hash, he might be able to fit it in, right? But a little air on there. Puts a little air on it, just enough, and Kyle Hamilton comes and makes the play, right? It's crazy the difference between an interception and a touchdown in the NFL. Those margins are very slim you'll see it from this angle when purdy gets back over look what he sees oh my guy's gonna clear if i just throw it right down the hash and i zip it to debo samuel it's a touchdown instead he throws it where leads them yeah he leads them too much and he puts a little air under it and he ends up throwing it right to kyle hamilton pick right so mm-hmm. these two defenses are both very good. They're going to throw everything they can at each other. I think the Texans defense and D'Amico Ryans will have a plan for Lamar Jackson. I also think Mike McDaniel has Mike McDonald, keep doing that, <laughs> has seen CJ Stroud before in college and mm. was very successful against him. Where was was he very successful before? when he saw him again early in the season, week one this year. Mike McDon- Mike McDonald will have a plan as well. The uh, big blue guy, see uh, Penn State, big blue, Penn State, big blue, Michigan. Okay, he was the DC at Michigan for Harbaugh two years ago. Okay, the first time they played Stroud. Yeah, that's uh. It's going to be fun to watch, and it's going to be some real-life chess games right there. But let's see. So I'll, I'll give you some prop bets right here for this game. This one, kinda, I, didn't, I I was wishy-washy on my Texans pick. I didn't really know where to go with that one. But the, the Ravens one I'm going to give you, I'm taking Justin Tucker over one-and-a-half field goals. He's done it six times since November. I also feel that, you know, it's going to be a tougher game for them to score. We saw it with the... With the Browns, even you know, it wasn't it wasn't the easiest thing to move the ball for them. I think as long as you know we don't get to see Lamar scramble all too much, they might they might be able to get Justin Tucker those field goals and get that one done for us. Now for the Texans, I was lost between doing Dalton Schultz under his yards or taking C.J. Stroud's yards because I think he's going to light it up. So we're going back to the well on this one. I'm taking De- Devin Singletary again. Over 59 and a half rushing yards. 
four of the last five games that the Ravens have played in, all all have gone over a hundred yards rushing against their opponent. And it all I think it all started with Kyron in that overtime game. And yep. so I, I think this one's for sure it's Devin Singletary's hitting again. All right, I like it. Um so I'll give you a final score prediction here. I think unfortunately this weekend we're gonna see a trend continue of not super close games. Now this game is still I'm technically predicting a one possession game. Yeah, true. But I also don't think it'll be that close for most of the game. Um mm-hmm. I'm gonna go Texans twenty, Ravens twenty-eight. I just think the Ravens are a more complete football team. They're a more experienced yeah, football team definitely. right now. They have a Super Bowl winning head coach going against a rookie head coach. D'Amico Ryans has done great things this yeah. year. Fact. They have a great pass defense going against a rookie quarterback. C.J. Stroud has done great things this year. However, I just think the road ends here for the Texans. I think the Ravens are probably winning – you know, by multiple scores for most of the game, the Texans yeah. try and get back in it late to try and make it a game, but yeah. ultimately the Ravens end up winning this thing. Uh, and like I said, I've got it at 28-20. I'm going to say that's similar to how we saw that that Cowboys game where the, the end result looked close, but it that's not how the game played out. You know what I mean? I see that happening as well in a sense. Let's see. For, for the money line bet and the spread on this game, I'm going to roll with – Texans against the spread, we're taking nine. That's way too many points, just in general. Yep. Not even just for it being the Texans. And we're taking the Ravens, like I said. That I feel like similar to you, how they're they're more veteran team, whether coached or with the squad that they have. I just feel that the Ravens are, are w- built to win this game, and they're at home. Like that's another huge factor yep. that that the Texans don't get this week as opposed to last. Yep. Um. So in all technicality, I think I agree with you because I I technically have the Texans covering the spread, even though I'm losing by eight. The spread is nine. (laughs) The high spread, I think the Texans will cover it. Um, I do like the Ravens' money line as well. All right. Uh, Game two, Saturday night. Packers at 49ers. Key stat in this one, 40.93%. If there's a weakness to this Niners team, it has been their third down defense this, this season. Their bottom third in the NFL and opponent third down percent um, percentage. That's that 40.93%. Yeah. Meanwhile, we discussed it last week. The Packers have a top five third down Very offense. Nice. Their defense likely doesn't have a shot to hold the 49ers offense down, similar to what yeah. they did in the first half against the Cowboys. So, therefore, the Packers are going to need their – offense to sustain long drives they got to help their defense out um they're gonna have to continue converting on third down went back and looked at it last week jordan love who's four for five for 62 yards and a touchdown on third downs in the first half against dallas he's very good he's gonna need to be that guy um this week you know to um help their defense have any kind of chance. Um, You know, I think the other thing is uh, Love even forced another conversion by making the uh, 
the Cowboys jump off sides, right? I mean, he's even mm-hmm. got that Rodgers thing going on, <laughs> you know, where he can get you to jump too. So um, he'll need to be all that and then some in this game. Um, what do you like in the over-under, Jody? The over-under sits at 50 and a half on this game. I like the over. Whether it's me seeing the Niners come back after, you know, two to three weeks, depending on who who you're talking about on the team of rest. Uh, there, I don't. I hope it's a closer game than than what we will expect to see. You know, but I believe the Niners score at least thirty in this game, and the Packers, as well as they looked last week, I think they could con- continue some of that success. But it's going to be tougher than what it was compared to that team. You know, they they're getting a bunch of dudes back on defense in their in their front seven. Christian McCaffrey's coming back after like three weeks off, like. It's going to be a tough game all around, so I, I, I hope we could get this number. It's it's kind of high, but I do think it's very, very possible. No, I'm with you. I, I think we'll likely hit the over in this game as well. A um, little bit higher, obviously, but I, I yeah. imagine um, Purdy and Love will both play well enough that the, mm-hmm. this number gets over. Um, speaking of those guys, I'm going to look at the third down to Jordan Love. Some Jordan Love. Love yeah, Love. we're going to we're going to look look at some more Jordan Love third down tape as we've done seemingly all season. This guy's been a wizard on third down. If if you've been following this podcast and watching and listening, <laughs> you know Jordan Love's been that way all year cuz I've broken him down five different times during this season Has of, it on been third five? down. Uh I think I it's say, I think it's like 3 maybe 4, four now with this one. With this one. Yeah. Um, so this was the one that the straw that broke the camel's back in that game. The, uh, the Packers were up 14 zero at this point, the Cowboys, they're in the red zone. They're like, you know what? Third and third and six in the red zone at the 20 yard line. Like we get a stop here, force a field goal. We're we're giving our offense a shot, right? So what does Dan Quinn do? He sends a six man pressure. He's going all out. He's going to send six play coverage with five guys. Hey, if your man stays in, you add to the pressure. Let's go. Send it, right? Jordan Love, he's going to run a little motion into a stack, force the defenders communicate, which you can see they're already talking now, right? That's Gilmore and Jordan Lewis, and force them to communicate that, you know, how they want to play that stack. And then the the releases of the receivers on this stack are really tough to cover, and you'll understand why here in a second. So watch, Love brings them in motion. They get the stack. Now, Datavion Wicks, his initial release is outside. And guess where Stephon yeah. Gilmore is? Outside leverage already because initially Wicks was in the slot. Mm-hmm. Now, watch as he presses it. He gets Gilmore to stop his feet and he's outside leverage to break back inside to the post. And Jordan Love, watch this throw. He sits off that back foot and just flicks his wrist, puts yeah. it into the middle of the end zone, and lets this guy go get it. It's a thing of beauty. Um, watching Jordan Love throw the football is crazy. It, it reminds me so much of Rodgers, where, you know, I mean, that's Rodgers. Come on. It looks the same. It's yeah. like the weird body motions. 
but the the flick of the wrist where he can kind of be off platform flick below, but up top and just flick it, and it gets right oh. where you want it. Did you see that His pass very, he had where he like dropped down a little bit and side armed it. Oh my god! Yeah, he's he's extremely talented, and he's doing things right now that. Rod, I mean, we're just seeing we're just seeing <laughs> Rodgers do, and I just yeah. can't put it any other way. Um, the Packers have found their guy, man, and he torched the Cowboys. <laughs> he That's torched sure. them. That is for sure. Um, on the flip side, what presents such a great challenge for Jordan Love this week is the Niners are very disciplined in their coverage. Like they can get pressure with four and be very yeah. disciplined on the back end. So this is them. They're running quarters coverage against Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. This was before the Eagles collapsed, right? And you'll watch. They're going to get their pressure, and they're just going to play quarters. And watch what they do in their coverage. Now, this is quarters versus trips. So the number, uh, the, the backside safety has number three coming vertical. And watch how he just gets there, plasters. Now, watch. They're getting pressure up front with four. They're going to force Jalen Hurts to bail out of the pocket yeah. and all their guys plaster. Nowhere to throw, nowhere to throw, nowhere to throw, yeah. nowhere to throw, nowhere to throw. Absolutely nothing. He has Throws to throw it away. Mm-hmm. Has to. Right? So you've seen the coverage from that angle. Now watch the four big fellas up front work. Watch them. They're relentless up front. Oh, Even they don't get there initially, they get there eventually and they flush him from the pocket and force him to throw it away. Right, yeah. That's the challenge Jordan Love sees this week, and and it's certainly a tougher challenge than what he played in Dallas last week. Uh, um, it's probably his greatest challenge of the season on the road and they in got San Chase Francisco Young too. Not compared to yep, it's gonna be tough. That's a that's it a is going crazy, to be extremely difficult for Jordan Love. I'm excited yeah. to watch him in that environment and see how he responds. Yeah, that. Well, I mean, we'll see. I, it, first year at the helm, you know, maybe he folds for a little bit or yeah, the whole time. Who knows? But considering his play in the last, you know, month, month plus, well, it'll be fun to watch for sure. See, now the, the props on this game, the, the, <laughs> kind of talked about it already. The, the, the Niners have, they have a plethora of dudes on their team for one. Bunch of them, you know, plenty of rest. We expect them to do big things. You could do Brock Purdy, one and a half passing touchdowns. I like that one. You, Christian McCaffrey, rushing yards. I kind of talked myself into that one a little bit. Or just yards combined even. It's like 100-something. kind of crazy. But three weeks of rest for that guy, I think it's very doable. But the one I'm going to give you for sure, George Kittle, over 53 and a half uh, receiving yards. He's done. He's done it every week except for six times all year. Now that when I when I saw that, I was like, "Oh, this is my final answer." Like I like George Kittle to begin with. When I saw it, I just saw like scrolling through prize picks. But after the whole season, he's only missed six times. Some of those are close. They're like fifty-three. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it was that half bad beat. So I like George Kittle, especially. I I, I guess Jair got hurt last week too. And he might not be playing, so that's that. That might be the only wrinkle to this puzzle piece. But other than that, I do like him going over fifty three and a half. And then on the flip side, for the Packers, I'm rolling Aaron Jones 
under 18 and a half receiving yards. He's only gone over that number five times all year, and those teams that he played against were Chicago twice, mind you, Denver, Pittsburgh, and the Rams are the only times he's gone over those numbers where Denver was really early where they weren't even, like, looking decent. You know, it was, like, right right after that 70-point game. Pittsburgh, don't know when that one was, but a little bit lighter on the defense, I'd say, for if, if uh, TJ Watt was already out. And then Rams, I think, was still a little bit before they had they blossomed into the the team that went on a streak. So I, I believe with the Niners' defense being even better than all those, it's not going to happen. Yeah, <clears throat> I, I like the the props you brought to the table here. I, I do. Um, I I wouldn't be surprised if Kittle has a big game for sure. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day here. I think this is once again another game where it's not as close as the final score prediction I'm even giving yeah. you. Um, I've got 49ers 33, Packers 24. Um, so I'm taking the Niners to win by nine. The spread is nine and a half. Yeah. <laughs> well, in all technicality, I am predicting the Packers to cover, mm-hmm. um, but uh, not by a lot. And uh, And I really do think that this is a game where maybe the Niners get out in front early. They're up yeah. two scores before the, the Packers even know it. And yeah. then it's Jordan Love trying to fight an uphill battle to get them back in it, um, which will be very hard against that defense. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I'm going 49ers 33, Packers 24. Yeah, I agree with you on the spread and the money line. The spread, like I said, with the last game, it's just too many points, you know. And the way – it played out last week, I think, was another reason why I think it'll hit. It's because they destroyed the Cowboys. I didn't expect that. And so it, it's definitely going to be a tough game for sure. The Niners are just talented all around. We talked about them all year, whether it was when we were doing our flag football team, to, you know, even just talking about them in general. I, you know me. I love Christian McCaffrey in general. So it's going to be it's going to be a wild time on this game. But I do like the nine and a half spread. Just too many points. It's, it's playoff football. It's not the same. All right. So moving on to um, game three. Buccaneers at Lions. This is the first game on Sunday. Key stat here. 41.8%. That number represents the percentage of plays the Buccaneers sent pressure over the course of this season. Like Todd Bowles, he's yeah. Todd Bowles is uh, very creative on the back end. He likes to run fire zones. We highlighted that before. He'll disguise who's coming, who's dropping. Simply yeah. roll from a too high shell and demand coverage and blitz, whatever. Right? He'll do it all. Um, and then on the flip side, Jared Goff, he's completed a career high fifty point six percent of his passes when he's under pressure mm-hmm. this season. He's been actually very good at identifying the blitz where it's coming from and getting the ball out. Um, That's something he's greatly approved upon since his time with the Rams and McVay. Um, That was a big reason why they got rid of him. Yeah. And it's going to be fun to watch who wins the chess match on that side of the ball, frankly, Um, because I don't know that the Buccaneers offense has a huge chance of keeping up with the Lions offense. But, um, you know, I think, I think the, the, 
Bucks defense could slow down the Lions offense to give themselves a shot. Mm-hmm. So um that's the matchup I'm really excited to watch here. What do you what yeah. are you thinking in the uh over under? So this one's kind of a lot of points. It's at 49 and you know I, I see you you see it going over that number. The way I see it is they played once earlier in the year. It was 20 to 6. They so that that doesn't come close to that even. But I think, you know, with the Bucks, they won a couple weeks back 9 to 0 versus the Panthers. Yeah, I get it. It's the Panthers. Like can't can't talk highly on that one. But I think both teams they they tend to play sloppy ball at some point in times and I think it'll be somewhere in the mid 20s for both teams and and it's just not going to it's not going to hit over. I don't know. I I just I don't think that's going to be playing the same way they did last week for both teams and it's going to be a weird game all around. I could definitely see that. Yeah. <laughs> I could definitely see that. Um and I'll highlight here a big reason why. Um, let's look at the Buccaneers defense, okay? In the wild card round against the Eagles, they loved sending pressure. They sent the house at Jalen Hurts. Um, Todd Bowles, he's never been afraid to just throw everything on the table uh-huh. and uh, <laughs> guarantee himself a free rusher. Like that dude will live and die with – Pressure and trusting Six his guys in cover zero on the back end. For instance, you remember a couple years ago during the Rams Super Bowl run, the Rams, it's a tie ball game, or they're down one, I think, whatever it was. And the Ram, you know, they send zero pressure with like 40 seconds left. The Rams hit Cooper Cup for that big play, right? When, and everyone's like, why is he huh. blitzing and playing cover <laughs> zero on the back end? It's like, Topos, that's what he does, man. This guy lives, yeah. eats. Breeze cover zero, sending pressure. He loves that. So um, there's your special brand of DC when you're when you're that way. Um, So here you go. They're gonna play man coverage across the board Mm -hmm. and send everyone else right. Everyone else who's on the line of scrimmage here and these two backers, they're all coming. So here we go. You'll watch the Cowboys or the Eagles. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. They were both so bad, I can't remember which one's which. <laughs> um, trying to pick up the pressure. And, of course, they only have enough guys to block everybody except for one. That yeah. one is, Jay, is Jalen Hurts is responsible for. Now watch. All of these are outside release verticals. And look at how physical the Buccaneers are on the back end. Who's open? Jalen Hurts is getting hit right now. Nobody. Who's open? Absolutely nobody. And then Antoine Winfield makes a great play at the end. Yeah. So this Bucks team. Is that the play that Goddard started yelling at him for? Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And you can see they know the blitz is coming. They're trying to check out into something they like. And even still, they don't get anything worthwhile here. And so I'm telling you, this Bucks defense, they are not afraid to do that. Now, mm-hmm. on the flip side, the Rams and Sean McVay um, and really Raheem Morris, their defensive coordinator, he's a much different play caller than Todd Bowles. So he did not send pressure at Goff a whole lot in their wildcard matchup. You go back, you watch all the plays. The amount of times the Rams actually sent a fifth rusher was really mm-hmm. rare really rare right um 
So Jared Goff and Ben Johnson didn't have to see that as much, but when they did, they always had an answer in that game, and that's why Raheem Morris didn't send it a lot. Um, you know, it's like you send the pressure. Oh, there's Laporte in the middle of the field. Oh, there's Gibbs on a check down. Oh, there's Amon Ross St. Brown on the outside, yeah. right? And so Raheem really picked his spots, didn't send pressure a whole lot. This was a third and six later in the game where he does send a pressure, right? But he's going to drop out with um, Hoyt, and they're going to play man coverage across mm-hmm. the board with a one high safety. So they're playing cover one, and they're going to send six because they keep the back in protection. Now you watch Goff pretty quickly diagnoses that this is what's happening. Oh. He yeah. finds the matchup he Three likes. He gets the spot. ball out of his hands to a spot yeah. for Amon Ross St. Brown to go run underneath and then go make a big play. On third and six, they get about 30 yards. You can see it from this angle. Goff looks up. He knows this guy's coming because he knows the back is going to stay in protection. He sees everything, right? Okay, I'm getting pressure right now. Oh. I know my guy's outside releasing. I'm just going to let it yeah. go and trust him. And trust it's on the money. On there and let it go. Yeah. Yep. So these are the kind of throws and the difference between that Lions offense and the Eagles offense. These are the kind of throws that the Lions are going to have to make against the Buccaneers because I do think the Buccaneers will pressure them. Todd Bowles will have some good stuff to give guys free. And he's going to put pressure on Goff. He's not going to let him sit back there. So I am very curious to see – how Goff responds to that this week against that Buccaneers defense. And that, that kind of ties into what I was talking about. It just ends up being sloppy, you know. He 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 was doing well last week, and then, you know, he fumbles it this week. I don't know. I, I'm trying to talk myself into the under. But, <laughs> <laughs> but for my, my prop picks for this game, I'm looking at Rashad White under 55 and a half rushing yards. Let's see, six out of the last ten games, he, he... Wait, what? How does this make any sense? <laughs> what am I talking about here? <laughs> my, my notes say, rushing if 50, under 55 and a half. Six out of the last ten games, he has gone over. They played earlier in the year. He only got 26. I guess what I'm saying is I'm going to assume it goes back to how they played in the first game where... They they're not they're gonna be trailing so long that they have to throw the ball more than they needed to run. I think that's okay. what my my train of thought was on that one. But reading it, it looks dumb. I, that makes no sense. It tells <laughs> it tells me go over. Uh, let's see for for the flip side on the Lions, I'm taking David Montgomery over 13 and a half rushing attempts on this game. Let's see, he only he only got six touches the last time they played, but he got hurt, I believe, in that game. And out of their last eight games, he's gone 75%. So six out of those eight, he's gone over that number. And on the flip side, if it's as big of a blow as I talk about, they're going to feed the man the rock, wind down the time. So that's the train of thought on those ones. I like both of those, actually, a lot. I'm with you. Um, In the end... Unfortunately, I'm going to predict another game that's kind of not really a blowout, but pretty close to one. Yeah. I'm going to go Lions 35. I think Ben Johnson and Jared Goff have the answers for that pressure. Uh Buccaneers 23. I think Baker keeps up with Goff for a little while, but eventually the Lions uh, pull away in the Mm -hmm. the fourth quarter. 
So yeah, I've got I've got Lions thirty five, Buccaneers twenty three. Yeah, for for my money line and the spread on this one. So the spread sits at six and a half. Similar to you, I got the lines with that that spread, and also tells you, you know, I'm taking them for the money line. It's just I don't see the bugs pulling it off. I think Baker Magic has ran out, and it was good to see him in the postseason, but he I don't think he's quite there yet with the squad. You know. Yep. All right, so let's go to the last game of the weekend, and hopefully. The most exciting, my favorite game <laughs> to break down, quite frankly. And here's your key stat. 2-0. That's the Chiefs' regu- or, uh, record against the Bills in the playoffs with these two guys at quarterback. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs yeah. are 2-0. Mahomes is 2-0 over Allen in the playoffs. Despite some regular season success against the Chiefs, Josh Allen and the Pills have yet to experience a playoff win. Over Mahomes and Andy yeah, Reid. This time it's different, though, because yep. of some regular season success over the Chiefs. The Bills get to play host, and we'll see if Mahomes can win his first road playoff game. Yep. Um, I will say this rivalry feels destined to become the new Brady-Manning, which means we'll hopefully see future iterations of this, enjoy it, You know, each one as much yeah. as the last. I would say I expect this thing to go right down to the final whistle with these two guys never feeling out of it. That makes sense. I agree with that. It's going to be hopefully similar to that Rams-Lions game last week where it's just fun all around, you know, great competition. The dudes have seen each other plenty of times. And, you know, hopefully no overtime. That's what uh, yeah. Josh Allen hoped for. Yeah. <laughs> what do you like in the over-under on this game? Uh, on this one, it sits at 45 and a half. I like the over. I think that, you know, they've seen each other plenty of times. And if the Bills are who we think they are, you know, they got to score the points. They can't They can't just sit there and rely on their defense. If they both do that, it's going to be a weird game that no one's seen, you know. So I think they both got to put up a decent amount of points, get that number. It's going to be hopefully somewhat of a shootout. Maybe Maybe the Bills pull away in my eyes. Because the Chiefs, you know, they've, they've had struggles with catching the rock, and that's how they're going to do it, unless Pacheco, I guess, goes Aaron Jones on him and, and runs up the rock like no tomorrow. So I, I just like the over. I think this is just a fun game to bet on the over, similar to the Rams one, where you just want points. It doesn't matter who wins, really. You just want to see a good game that's really high scoring. Yeah. Um, I, I think I have it going over as well. Um. I do anticipate the defenses play well, though. It'll uh-huh. just be big plays by Allen and Mahomes. Yeah, that true. Um, Both sneak in good at the running over. the ball with like everyone's deep. Oh, let me go get this first down for you know another twenty. Yeah, yeah. Um, so speaking of the defenses, I, I just wanted to help people understand why this Chiefs defense is so good this year. Um, They've been really good over the last three games, um, and they were fantastic against the Dolphins in the wildcard round at stopping the run. Um, And we talked about a huge thing for the Bills is running the football, right? Yeah. Um, Since they have figured some stuff out, they've been running the ball really well. Well, on the flip side, the Chiefs have stopped the run really well. And here you'll see this look. They have a too-high shell. 
but they're got going to keep seven guys in the box and they're going to come at you with everything to stop the run, right? The best thing about this is there's no notes here. This is just watch them reset the line of scrimmage. Watch the extension by the D-line. Watch the yeah. technique. Against zone blocking, That's they awesome are moving piece. with the gaps. Watch yeah. the backers free-flowing to the ball. Watch Karloft is running it down from the backside. Mm-hmm. This is yeah, why the Dolphins impressive. couldn't and stopped trying to run the football in that game. From this angle, it's even more fun to watch yeah, because you see dudes back, punching back, and pressing, back. not allowing themselves to be mm-hmm. reach-blocked. You see overlap by the backers, filling gaps, and eventually making the tackle. This is such good defense, good team defense by the Chiefs. They didn't let the Dolphins run the ball all night, and this is the kind of defense they're going to have to play against the Bills. Because on the flip side, you watch what the Bills were able to do to the Steelers, and that game I talked about the Steelers trying to stop the run. The Bills ran the football down their throat. Here you go. They're running zone blocking. What we just watched the Chiefs stop, right? It's good on good, strength on strength. Watch what they do with James Cook. The herd of elephants, they're all getting their head play side, <laughs> moving their guy, and look, there's the crease. Cook mm-hmm. creases it, cuts it backside. Look at how this alley, natural alleyway gets created. Boom, hits it. Gets him into the red zone, right? Ends up being a huge gain. Same thing, watch it from the behind angle here. And you'll see the critical block overtaking the one technique on the backside. He's supposed yeah. to be in this gap, and he's not there. Got him. And yeah. now look what happens. Where does it hit? In his gap. So the Steelers were not as disciplined as the Chiefs last week. The Chiefs will obviously need to continue being that disciplined this week if they want to stop this Bills rushing attack, and they will need to stop it in order to win the game. That's for sure. I will say too the it was they they ran it a little different. I don't know if it was because the the end on the the first play was like more lined up on him where he just went and tried to hook him right there, and the the backside backer didn't really like commit. He was like kind of timid on whether he should uh like send that down the line. But the last play, the the left tackle, I think it's our guy Dawkins. He just went up to the backer. He was like, "I'm not. I'm not even touching this dude. He could. Yep. He could feel if he wants." So it was a little different on both. Very similar play, obviously. Just a little different how they how they schemed it up. So it was cool. Excuse me. Uh, so following the film study, we got my my props on this last game we're looking at. So I kind of talked about it in the beginning. I think Pache- I, Isaiah Pacheco. I'm taking his over 14 and a half rushing attempts. I think it's at 15 now. I was looking at it earlier with Johnny, telling him what what I liked on this week for the the docket, and see over he went he's gone over that number eleven times all year, and he's only missed it once since November versus the Raiders, which I think they lost in that game. So I like that one for for the for the Chiefs on the flip side. Similar to last week, I'm taking Josh Allen again rushing yards. It's at forty three and a half. Let's see, five out of the last seven he's gone over, and they won all those games except for one, which is part of the reason why I'm taking it is because I think they're going to win. And with that being said, kind of similar to how I was talking about where 
I think that he'll he'll have everyone deep and then be like, oh, look, now's my time to run. Let me go get a nice, cool 10 to 15. So I think that happens quite a decent amount. So th- those are my two for this game. I like it. Um, at the end of the day, I'm taking the guy who's won more. <laughs> yeah. Um, who's proven it, it in this rivalry so far. I do think the Chiefs are good enough to stop the Bills' run game, make them one-dimensional, and that's when Josh Allen turns the ball over. Mm-hmm. I think it will be a Josh Allen critical turnover. Um, that. that will be the difference in this game. I'm going to go with Chiefs 27, Bills 24. Slight over on the over-under, um, or or it definitely hits the over on the over-under, I yeah. should say. And then... Uh, Obviously, I like the Chiefs on the money line. I like the Chiefs to cover that yep. small spread that favors the Bills. Um, but who you got, Jody? <laughs> this is where we defer. This is going to be the the Cowboys-Packers game of last week. I got the Bills winning, taking the minus two and a half as well. I think, I, I just feel, you know, Josh Allen hasn't been able to do it at his house yet. You know, it's always been on the road going out to Arrowhead. I think it's finally, it's kind of like destined for him to win this one for for the Bills Mafia. Get them get them possibly to a home game next week. Who knows? Maybe, maybe the Texans could pull off an upset. I don't know. But, no, I do want the Bills to win minus two and a half. I, I, what's my reasoning? I don't have none. I want to see Josh Allen do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> You know what's <laughs> funny about this game and about these two teams is if you had asked us, I don't know, somewhere around week fifteen or so, both these te- these are probably two more, of the more flawed, weird looking, yeah, versions of Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes teams that we've seen. And I mean, pretty much since both those dudes became really good, this is these two teams are both very flawed. Like yeah. that Bills team last year was better than the one they have this year. Definitely. Or even the one they had two years ago was better than this year. Same thing for the Chiefs. Yeah. So it's really interesting these two teams meeting in this moment still, despite their flaws. And one of them is going to be in the AFC Championship yeah. game um, regardless. So just goes to show how important quarterback play is, man. You put yourself in a position. You're one one away from an AFC Championship. Um, should mm-hmm. be a great game. Mm-hmm. For the record, I can see for. it going either way. I'm just if I'm gonna have to place a bet but, here. Yeah, yeah. Bet on the guy who's done it. Yeah. No, definitely. That's understandable. That's like I just want to see it happen. That's why I don't <coughs> bet with my heart on that one. Not necessarily what I believe will happen. So we'll see. If, well, if this is the one I miss, it's all right. I, I can't. I can't knock myself. But you if know, you're uh, I, if you're to believe me, then we're gonna have a fairly boring weekend until this game. But <laughs> Very true. If the other three are kind of okay, not great games, but this game is fantastic, I'm good with it. Just give me yeah. one of these games just has to be awesome. That's it. That's all we're asking for. Football gods, help us out. I think we get bookends on this one. Texans, Ravens, somehow a lot better than we anticipate, and this one makes it even better at the end of the, the night. Clearly, we'll I would love that. If yeah. we got one upset in there, that'd be great. Um, <laughs> but... You heard it here first. Your NFC championship is going to be Lions at 49ers, and your AFC championship is going to be Chiefs at Ravens. That's what I'm saying. Get the script? You're telling us like it, like it happened. 
<laughs> TBD, TBD. <laughs> um, but I think we'll call it a day, and we'll be back sure. to break down the divisional uh, divisional round games. Um, next week, we'll also preview those conference championship games for you, talk about going. whatever coaching news is going on between now and the next time we record, because I'm sure stuff is about to go down. Um, and, but until then, we got our guy Ray Ray. Section in the stands going crazy. Everybody turning up, we putting on a show. Boomers, we be popping in the people, yeah, they love. 951 be the city, never change. We the Chaparral Boomers, everybody know their name. We ain't here to make friends, we gon' let them see. Get your chain snatched like a key crab tree. Squad full of goons, be ready to bring the pain. Show them how we do, we about to let it bang. About to go and get it, kill them with the swag. Trying to act tough, they be looking, we just laugh. See them getting mad, cause they know we ain't stressed. Be prepared for this moment, we done passed all the tests. Been through the rain, been through the struggle. We ain't never break, we just put our more muscle. Put on for the city, man, running with the bride. Friday night lights when the boomers come alive. Throw your boomers up, we gon' get it, that's right. Friday night lights, we turn up tonight. In the best spot, if you on the other side. Time to let it bang, make them feel that boomer pride. Let it bang, let it bang, let it bang, get it. Let it back, let it back, show them how I put my do it, let it back, let it back, yeah, turn me up, let it back, let it back, let it back, let it back, let it put on for the city, that's really all that we do, yeah, nothing to lose and a whole lot to prove, on the field late and I'm in the gym early, overtime on my grind, I can see him worry, put the pads on, we about to bring the boom, the legion of doom, everybody better make room, you can see the fuse from the fire, product of the pain and the hunger and desire, talking like you want it, man, I hope you ain't Line, bottom line, we the boomers, but we feeling like some lions. Dropping off heat at your feet every week. Everybody wanna be a beast to the sign of each. Oh, we gon' see if you really bought it. You can handle me, boy, I really doubt it. Putting in work, being steady with the grind. You ain't taking nothing, play, this is all mine. Throw your boomers up, we gon' get it, that's right. Friday night lights, we turn up tonight. In the best spot, if you on the other side. Time to let it bang, make them feel that boomer pride. Let it bang, let it bang, let it bang, yeah. Let it bang, let it bang, show them how boomer do it. Let it bang, let it bang, yeah. Turn me up, let it bang, let it bang, let it bang, let it bang. Blood, sweat, tears, time getting near. I've been saying that for so long, now it's here. Come through the whole chin, checking everybody. We just put them in the dirt, man. Treat it like a hobby. Oops, I mean heavy. L's can't have it. We ain't standing around waiting for nothing. We grab it. I remember putting in work all alone. Now my team with me and we all in the zone. Never giving nothing, so you better understand. We don't care about your plan. This is Boomer Pride Land. Get into the huddle, tell the fellas, turn it up. Fourth quarter coming, throw them double deuces up. Let them know what's up, man. The crowd never dying. Referee, keep holding me, man. Quit crying. Put your boomers up. Show them Puma pride. Friday night lights when the boomers come alive. I throw your boomers up. We gon' get it. That's right. Friday night lights. We turn up tonight. In the best spot. If you on the other side. Time to let it bang. Make them feel that boomer pride. Let it bang. Let it bang. Let it bang. Yeah. Let it bang. Let it bang. Show them how boomer.
Let it bang, 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 let it bang.